Hello friends and welcome to There She Grows, the podcast for empowered women who are ready to grow the life and business of their dreams. I'm your host, Jessica Bledsoe, and I am obsessed with helping women like you master their mindset while manifesting your goals and creating a life and business you are excited to wake up to every day. So grab your favorite beverage and maybe a pen for taking some notes because we are about to get growing. again, listen, before we get started, I want to tell you about a workbook that I have created for you. It is 16 pages long and it is all about clearly defining what you want the life and business of your dreams to look like. It's the resource I wish I had had when I started my own mindset and manifesting journey because it allows you to ask yourself questions so you can get really clear on what you're trying to call into your life. And once you can get clear on the details, I promise you the universe is going to start to show up for you in ways that you never could have imagined. I promise this is not just another downloadable freebie that you're going to stick in your downloads folder and never refer back to again. You are going to use this workbook over and over and over in all of the mindset and manifesting work that you're going to be doing. So go ahead and download it right now, justbledso.com. It's yours for free and I need you to get your hands on it so that we can start doing all of this work together. Justbledso.com. Go get it and I'm going to see you over on the podcast. Hello, everyone. I am so excited to have my very first guest, Erica Tevins, with us here today. So I don't actually know what order the podcast episodes are going to be released in, but Erica is my first guest, and I think that it is worth recognizing that honor. So thank you so much, Erica, for joining me today. Oh my gosh, thank you so much for having me. It is an honor. I This feels so special. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I'm so excited. So Erica and I, we actually are like Insta friends. And I have a mix of um, interviews lined up for this season that are people that I know really well and people that I've only just met. And so Erica is one of those Instagram uh, friends that I connected with. And first of all, I love her hair. You'll obviously have to check out her Instagram. And she has this beautiful hair that is totally scroll stopping. So I always stop when I see one of her photos. And um, I really just loved her no bullshit attitude too. So I thought she would be a fantastic guest to have on the show um, because she is talking all about sleaze free selling. And I know that that is such a huge topic, no matter what phase of your business in selling is always a big, big hurdle for us to overcome. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It, it really is that thing that people people tend to really freak out about and cause you know, it's just, it can feel so hard and, and scary and we don't want to be that jerk that, you know, people, <laughs> people want to run away from uh, when they see us coming, but it's essential to a thriving business. So we gotta, we gotta master it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, obviously we can't have a business if we don't sell. And it's funny because I, in my former life, as I like to call it, I was in real estate and I was primarily in property management, but I did get my real estate license and tried like selling houses for a little while. And I was so bad at it. Like I would talk people out of like the house that they were looking at. And I think that's actually where my my problem with selling started because that just felt like that wasn't a good fit for me. And I was really young at the time. I just had a lot of insecurities around selling, but that really carried over with me when I started my business. And it took me quite a bit of work to get past that point of feeling like I was trying to talk somebody 
into something. And you know, I always think it's so strange how moments in our life always seem to carry over into those, those other parts of our life. And they seem kind of insignificant at the time, but then they do end up having a significance kind of later on. Yeah. Yeah. And that's um, like my, so my dad has been in real estate pretty much my whole life, but that is one that is hard because I feel like there are a lot of realtors or, you know, people who get started in real estate because they're like, Ooh, the, the money, like I'm going to get, you know, thousands of dollars at every closing and I'm going to make all this money. And so they tend to perpetuate these like really weird ways of like selling and marketing in terms of, you know, if you're at like a networking event or mixer or like you're literally just meeting them just like, I don't know, like at a, like a birthday party or something. And then all of a sudden they're like shoving their card in your face. Like, Oh, if you're ever, you know, buying or selling and it's like, so it's like so over the top. And, um, obviously not all realtors do that, but like a lot of them do. And it's kind of like, you know, you can get business and you don't have to be that way. <laughs> like, in fact, that being that way is probably going to hurt your business. Yes, exactly. And I know so many incredible realtors now. And I really think that if I had started with maybe a different mentor or maybe just somewhere that had a little bit more support, I, I could have grown into that. And, you know, real estate is really still on my vision board. I want to get back into that, um, into real estate investing at some point, but it just, it didn't give me the best start when it come, when it came to that selling aspect of it. So talk to me a little bit about how you kind of got started in, in this sleaze free sales and in the coaching world and how you help your clients now. Yeah. So three years ago, I was really looking for a change. Like it, it was one of those life moments where you're like, I'm ready for more. Like I know I meant for more and you start getting curious about what that will look like. So way, way back in 2008, I, my son was a baby and I uh, started working for Calvin Klein as a store manager. So it was this very busy store just North of Seattle, huge staff, and we like, we were just always go, go, go. And we sold like well over $6 million a year in merchandise. And so that was like, you know, in, in high school and in college, I had sales type jobs and stuff. But this was really like, I was the boss, like I was in charge, we had to hit sales figures, I had to teach my team how to sell. And I got really comfortable with that. And I was really good at it. And I really liked it. And at the time, my husband was in the Navy. So several years later, like I was in charge of training all the managers for our West Coast stores. And again, like I, I loved teaching. I loved training. And but the Navy moved us and our son was like four at that point. And that the schedule for retail is just a nightmare. So I was like, you know what, I, I'm gonna like not do this for a bit, right? Like I'm just I, it's a, a huge pay cut. I know I'm gonna have to take but I just need to do something different. Well, lo and behold, the farm where we got our weekly produce from um, this organic vegetable farm that was like pretty big, they were very successful already. But I just started working there at the farmers market. And because I had all this retail experience, I told my boss like, hey, we can we could do this, we could do that, like we could change things up and you could actually sell more. And we could implement like these customer service protocols and everything. And he was like, sure, sounds great. So 
He ended up making me the market manager, which they hadn't had up until that point. So again, I was doing visual merchandising to increase our sales. I was teaching our staff what I knew about selling. I was hiring, training, scheduling, the whole shebang. And then I randomly ended up having a very successful career in direct sales. Like I really, this was like not in the cards at all. But again, because of my business background, my business really took off and I wasn't expecting it. So what I thought was just going to be like a six month side hustle turned into like four years and I was a leader and I was one of those people that like gets the free trips and the whole, the whole thing. And you really do exist. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It really, there really are people that, that it happens to, but my favorite part of that like role of that business besides selling to clients and like making them really happy and like surprised and delighted with my service was leading my team and teaching them how to have strong, successful businesses too. And in like 2015, two of my best friends were also starting businesses and we would just get together for lunch and I would help them. And so when I started to get curious, like in early 2017, I was like, do people pay other people for this because like this is really fun and I like doing it and I'm good at it but I'd never heard of business coaches like I didn't know that was a thing so when I started looking into it I was like oh my gosh that people do pay people for this yeah. this is amazing and so on a huge leap of faith I closed my other business like even though it was successful I just knew like when I do something I go all in so I closed it down I started the business I currently have called Erica Tebbins Consulting and I've never looked back basically in that, in that process, like my original thing was going to be customer experience. Cause I love, love, love good customer experience. But about like six months in when I was like, oh my gosh, like nobody's hiring me for customer experience. I realized it was because the people I were talking to were like, I don't have enough customers or enough clients to make it worthwhile to hire you to help me with customer experience. So then I got curious again and I realized, oh, they don't like, they are struggling with selling and I love selling. So like, let me do a mini pivot and refocus all my energies into teaching people how to sell because that is the thing that is tripping them up. Yeah, no, I love that. I've actually noticed that there are quite a few coaches that really started in that kind of direct marketing business and found that they really love that aspect of coaching their team. And then they themselves have transitioned into, you know, coaching, obviously not just people in that market anymore. And you're so right. I mean, I think that it gives you such an introductory into that sales. And if you do it in a way that you can duplicate it, it is just going to make educating your team and growing that business so much better and easier. And because like real estate, that direct sales market, like it has such a bad reputation for sales. And I think it's because, you know, you, you show up instead of at a networking event, handing me your card, you're sliding into my DMs, essentially handing uh -huh. me your card. And I, you know, I actually found myself at one point in my business where I was like sliding into people's DMs on LinkedIn and kind of like cold selling my services. And I was coming really from a place of lack. Like I was just like mm -hmm. so stressed out about needing those clients and needing that money that I was like willing to try everything. And so mm -hmm. this was like, you know, one of those, like, let's just throw spaghetti at the wall and see what sticks. And that was part of that, but it just felt so inauthentic to me. And I just, I did not feel good about that. And I was like, well, this is not, gonna work, you know? And so I, 
I finally threw enough spaghetti at the wall that I did find some things that worked for me, which for me, it was really those referrals and that customer experience of like, Mm -hmm. let me give the customers that I do have a really good experience and then figure out a way to ask them for those referrals. And that worked really well for me at the time, but I still struggled for so long with that selling aspect of it, just because it's kind of like a mindset thing too, right? Like your mindset going into it, if you go into it feeling already sleazy before you've even done anything, then that's not going to translate super well. So I think that there are so many entrepreneurs, especially women entrepreneurs, like I've kind of adopted this philosophy recently of like, go into it with the confidence of a middle-aged white man and like that it's like it's it's hilarious but at the same time I'm like okay like sometimes that's what we have to do and so just finding like those little like mindset shifts is really kind of where it's at and where that sweet spot is so talk to me a little bit about the process that you now take with your clients and um, you know how you get them to overcome that fear of selling Yeah. So I, I love that you mentioned the sliding into DMS because I think that's a big thing that we get nervous about because that is what we really see. Like the person that we haven't spoken to in 10 or 15 years and now they're reaching out and you're like, Oh my gosh, like, I like, are you kidding me? What, you know, you're just, we, we haven't talked and now you're here talking about like your opportunity or like your weight loss shakes or whatever it is. And it's like, like why? And unfortunately, in a lot of companies in that industry, people are taught that that is the way to do it. Mm -hmm. And I like to envision that as like spray and pray. Like you're just really working on like a law of averages. Like if you reach out to a hundred people, maybe you'll get a few yeses, but you're going to be, wasting a lot of time, you're going to feel really icky. So it's first, it's better to think like, who are the people who are best served by you for what you offer? And know that like, you are only going to be speaking to those people and not to everyone. And then I always so I have um, a free download for this. So you know, like nobody has to take notes while they're listening right now, you can just get it. But um, my method is the acronym sales. So it's pretty easy to remember. So let's say you are having a discovery call, right? So you're like nurturing someone somewhere. They like hear about your offer. You're, they're going to get on a call with you. I first just like set the tone, right? Like set like a good tone that like you're, you're just a human, you're delighted to speak to them and learn more about them. And that, you know, it's not going to be this high pressure experience. I like to think about it, like if you would go into a boutique, right? And you just have that good vibe, like it just feels good. It feels welcoming. So set the tone. And then you're going to want to start asking them questions because like selling what it really is, is just like figuring out what people's pain points are and what they want and then finding the best solution for them. And sometimes the best solution, like it might not be you. It might be your friend who does something else. And you're like, actually, you know what, from what I'm hearing from you, I think you'd be better served by so-and-so let me connect you. But especially if you have multiple offers in your business, you want to ask questions. So um, for me, since I do business coaching, you know, I'm finding out like, what are their frustrations? What are their current goals? 
what feels like it's stopping them from reaching those goals right now. If the thing that is getting in their way wasn't an issue, what could their life look like? Just these various things. And so you're asking questions and then L stands for listen, limit, and lead. So usually the A and the L, it's kind of like this back and forth. So if I'm listening to somebody and they're saying, you know, well, I'm fully booked and that's great, but like I, you know, I'm fully booked with like web design clients, let's say like, it's great, but I'm exhausted and I want to keep growing my revenue, but I just, I don't know the best way to do that. Like, do I create a course? Do I create a membership? Whatever. So then I'm listening and I'm like, okay, well, let me ask you another question. Like, how do you like to work with people? And then, you know, uh, how many hours like, would you have a week to dedicate to this new offer? Like, we're just having this back and forth. And I'm listening for these little clues that will give me answers, which then enable me to limit my options and lead them to the best one, or like the best two options. Because if we give people too many options, like, we, we're kind of all the same, we get overwhelmed, and the confused mind says no. So if you're like, you know, do you want chocolate cake or apple pie? It's easier to be like, I don't know, what do I, what am I like in the mood for? But if somebody has a whole platter of desserts, we're more likely to be like, oh my gosh, I don't know. There's so many that seem good. Like, never mind. I don't, I don't actually need dessert. Like, I'll just skip it. So lead them to one or two options and say, then E stands for expect the yes. Like, part of this is just trusting that the thing that you have is awesome that you're making, that you've been in integrity the whole time on the conversation and what you're going to suggest to them is what is truly the best fit for them right now. So the last S is suggest. And I really always say like back when I was selling physical products and it was like handbags and stuff, if even though our biggest tote was the most expensive and I would have like earned the most commission, if they don't need the biggest tote, I'm not going to suggest the biggest tote because if I can get them what they need right now to solve their problem right now, then they are more likely to become a raving fan who will come back again and be a client or a customer. They will tell their friends the whole, the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So that is really what it is. So set the tone, ask good questions, listen, limit, and lead, expect the yes, and then suggest. I love that so much. First of all, it's easy to remember, which is always a bonus in my book, but you're totally right. Like I myself get overwhelmed with all the options, right? Like there, I can create a course. I can do a digital library where you just buy a lot of small offers. I can do full on coaching. I can do one-on-one coaching. I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. And it's like, I'm not going to do any of it because I don't even know, like, I don't know what the best route for me to take is. And I think we get stuck in that, like inaction and that decision-making. And, you know, one thing I've really tried to be better at is that there's no wrong decision. There's just Mm -hmm. a decision. And like, once you've made that decision, then you just have to act on it. I am certainly not perfect with that by any means. I have analysis paralysis all the time because of that, but I love that method of, you know, narrowing it down to maybe just two options. And then you still want to be in control, right? Like you still get to be the one to, to pick from apple pie or chocolate cake, but at the end of the day, you still end up with something delicious and that's the goal, right? Yeah, exactly. And so I can, you know, I try to think of it too, in terms of like, like usually for service-based businesses, like 
we don't have 12 million different things that we can offer. But I think of it like, again, but going back to that boutique, if you went into a boutique and you're like, and they said like, oh, what can I help you find today? You know, they're setting that tone. They're asking that initial question. What can I help you find? And you're like, oh, I have to go to my cousin's wedding. Like I need a dress to wear. If they were like, great, all the dresses are over there. and all the dresses for you to choose from. (laughs) Yeah, we have 40 different styles. You'd be like, uh, where do I even begin? But a, a really good sales associate, and like this is where I got that initial, like kind of real hang, like for selling, this like knack for selling was at Calvin Klein because we had like literally thousands of pieces of merchandise. So it would be like, you know, okay, well, do you need, is it like more formal? Is it semi-formal? Is it super casual? And then when they say, oh, no, it's, you know, it's like an afternoon. It's just like a Saturday afternoon, casual, like, you know, I'm thinking like sundress. You're like, okay, great. Let me take you to the casual dresses. And then you can kind of from there again, like, do you want knee length? Do you want like maxi, you know, and you're, you're narrowing it down. And then if they're like, oh, maxi, you're like, great. We have like these three styles of maxi dresses. What size do you wear? Let me pull them out. Let me get you in a fitting room. Because then you are, you're leading them to what you know, based on what you've heard, is going to be the best for them. Now, in the end, there are sometimes things that are out of your control. Like, I don't have a 100% close rate. Nobody has a 100% close rate. Because at the end of the day, like, maybe you don't like the fabrics of those maxi dresses or the colors or the one you like, they don't have it in stock in your size. Like, it still might be a no or like a not now. But at least you have done your part to be a good salesperson and you're still leaving that person with like a good taste in their mouth and a good feeling for you. Yeah, exactly. You've at least like shown them maybe even what they don't want so that they've at least narrowed it down. And I love what you said too about sometimes not being the person for them. Um, I think, you know, when we are coming from that place of like, I just need money to pay my bills. We're like, let me, I'll fit myself into their box. And so whatever Mm -hmm. they need, I'm going to mold my business to do that so that I can get paid. And I think that that's another kind of mindset shift that a lot of us have to overcome is you can't be everything to everyone. And so just be really good at what you do and recognize that not everyone is your client. And for me, I always say like, if it's not a hell yes, it's a no, but Mm -hmm. how can I get them to the hell yes? Like what are those questions that I can ask to get them to say hell yes to me? And if at the end of the day, they don't, then like you said, then they, they at least know a little bit more about what they don't want. And hopefully I could point them in the direction of someone else or something else that could help them. Yeah. Yeah. And that is like, it is a hard mindset thing to get around, especially when you know that you potentially could help them. Like, I know so, so, so much about business development and like sales and marketing and and all of that. So sometimes it's really hard for me because I'm like, well, I could help this person, but for who I focus on serving now they might not be ideal. Like, for instance, I've refined who I work with now to be entrepreneurs who are a little bit more established. They're already making money. Now they're looking to scale that without having to work more hours or massively increase their rates or do anything that really feels out of alignment or exhausting. And so that is like, even though I could help beginners, 
it's not who I'm marketing to now. It's not the offers that I have now. Like I have my own podcast and I have stuff that I put out where people can still learn from me if they're not quite yet at that level to work with me yet. But who I am the best fit for are those entrepreneurs who are ready to keep growing their business. And they've already figured out like a lot of the basics at the very least, like they know how to make money, even if it's not the money they desire. But even for that, like I have to do mindset shifts, like as I raised prices or refined my packages. And I was like, you know, are those people going to be mad at me now or whatever? But it's like taking my own advice. Like, no, <laughs> it, it will be fine. It will be okay. And part of the being able to send people to the best person is like by asking questions and focusing on like asking and that back and forth dialogue, it also prevents you from doing what a lot of people do, which is like, we get so excited about what we can do for them because we know the results that we get our clients that sometimes we want to like word vomit all over them about like the package and the experience. Like we just want to tell them all the things because we are so excited about what it can do for them. And so that like the method allows you to kind of pause and really let them like really like do a deep dive into them without overwhelming them. Yeah, no, I totally love that. And I have to reel myself in too with that word vomit because you do, you just get so excited. You're like, oh my God, I can help you. Like, here's all the ways that I can help you. But you're like, wait, they're going to have to figure out a little bit first that Mm -hmm. I can help them before I just vomit all over them with the ways that I can help them. But one of the, um, one of the biggest mindset shifts for me when it came to selling was coming with this new mindset of working with me is the opportunity of a lifetime. Because I know that if you are the right fit for me, that I am going to change your life and I'm going to change your business. And that kind of gave me this sense of responsibility that I didn't necessarily have before either of like, if you're going to show up and you're going to put those words out into the universe and you like, you're going to be that confident with what you do. Like, first of all, you're going to have to deliver on that. But second of all, you're going to have to create clients that do align with that mission because you don't want to say that working with you is the opportunity of a lifetime and then it not be if they do Mm -hmm. go on to work with you. But, you know, before it was kind of that I'll work with anybody who's willing to pay me. And then once I was like, you know what? No, this is what I do. This is who I can help. This is the transformation they're going to see. And if we can both be a hell yes, then absolutely working with me is the opportunity of a lifetime. And just starting to show up in that mindset shifted everything for me because it took away that like pressure on me to sell. It was more about like sharing the transformation and asking them, you know, all those questions, like you said, and, you know, sometimes at the end of it, you're like, man, you know what? I, I don't think that I'm that right person for you, but I know you're going to be amazing and incredible. And, and here's who I think you should talk to next. But tell me a little bit about the mindset shifts you see your clients experience after working with you. And then also maybe if you just have like, if you could only work on this one mindset issue around selling, like what would that be? Yeah. So I think that there is this feeling of it will feel better if I just do it for free or do it for a lower price. Now, so when it comes to pricing, especially for services, because I think with products, it is a little bit different. But with services, my take on it is like, if somebody else is 
setting your price for you in a way that doesn't feel comfortable for you, don't go with that price. Because even if they truly are like looking at you and they're like, you are amazing. You absolutely should be charging this and all of that. Like that could be a hundred percent accurate. However, if you don't feel it internally, you will self-sabotage. Like you won't show up to confidently talk about that offer. You won't show up with confidence on a sales call. And it doesn't mean that I want people to undercharge or undervalue themselves. What I mean, it's like, it's more of like a calibration. So if you're like, I'm going to try to do like a a one-time session for like, I don't know, like, let's just say like a coaching session. And you're like, I'm going to do it for $200. $200 feels like I could say that and not, and it, it feels like a little bit scary, but I also could confidently say it and not want to like vomit. So $200 and you offer it and you do the session and you get comfortable with it. And then like, eventually you're like, "Mm, that doesn't feel good anymore. That feels like I'm giving away the farm for $200. So then you can kind of think like, okay, well, what feels good? 400? Oh, I don't know. Like, Maybe like 350. How does 350 like feel in my body? Oh, actually 350 feels pretty good. Okay, so now I'm raising it to 350. And then just keep doing that. And sometimes it might be that you work with somebody, you know, you work with three clients at that rate and you're like, I'm ready to raise the rate. And then sometimes you can work with like, you know, 10 clients at the new rate before your body feels ready to raise it. Like there's no perfect formula. I feel like really trust yourself to find that happy medium between like, Ooh, this feels like a little bit like nervous, excited, but also not terrifying to say. And then the other thing is that trust that it will not feel good to give away too much for free. I was actually just talking to a client about this yesterday And she had been doing like, she has like a class for people who are pregnant. And so beginning of COVID, when people couldn't go to their like in-person birth classes, she was like, well, I don't want to like profit off of people's hardship right now. And, but I still want them to have access to this information because they're probably even more freaked out and everything. So she made it like a pay what you want for her course. And we were talking yesterday and she was like, you know, I said like a minimum suggested amount was like 10 bucks, like a $200 course. And she's like, and then some people would just get it, take it for free. And she's like, what I realized was when I would see that, when I said like, I'm okay with only $10 if all you have is $10, she's like, it made me not feel good. Like it made me feel annoyed. And like, that's what doing too much without being like fairly compensated for it it will like erode you. It will make you bitter. It will make you resentful. And I know it feels like it should be counterintuitive. Like if there are times that you're like, you know what? Like I just truly, I want to like, just give this person this course, like just totally no strings attached, no nothing. You want to do it. Or if you're feeling overly generous that day and you're like, I'm going to coach somebody through something like in audio DMs, right? You're like, great. You have the next 10 minutes of my time. Like, what do you got? That is you empowering yourself to make that choice. It's not coming from a place of like scarcity or lack. 
But when you give away too much or you over deliver too much because you think you have to in order for people to feel satisfied or like they got the ultimate value from you, it is like a zero sum game. It will not, it will eventually like you will be super annoyed, especially if you've quoted somebody way too low a price and like you're working your butt off and your contract still has months on it. Every time you know that you have to engage with that person, you're going to be like, I am not getting paid enough for this. So don't sell yourself short is what I would say. Yes. Oh my God. I feel like I'm in like sales church right now. I just want to <laughs> like stand up and be like, hallelujah. Yes, Jesus, because you are so, so, so right. And I see that so many times, especially with newer entrepreneurs, like they're nervous to just charge what they're worth, or they don't even know where to start, or even with seasoned entrepreneurs, and maybe they've been stuck in that same kind of price range for a while, and they want to raise their prices, but they're afraid if they do that they won't get the same amount of sales or leads that they were getting before. And, you know, I find, found myself in a position several times where I did start to resent my clients, because I was like, man, y'all aren't paying me enough to deal with all this. And at some point, like I had to take responsibility of like, well, I'm the one setting the prices here. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm the one not sending the email or having the conversation about scope creep and about how this isn't the original project that we had agreed upon and that I need to be compensated for all this new stuff we were doing. Like you have to take that responsibility to kind of acknowledge that you're the one setting the tone when it comes mm -hmm. to how much you're charging and, and what people are getting out of it. So I love that that taking a look at what feels good to you because you do really have to be in alignment with your prices, but just push yourself just a little bit more. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're like, Oh, I know I can sell this for, for $200. It's like, well, what about 250? Like how yeah. would you feel if it was just a little bit more, if we can just push yourself out of that comfort zone a little bit. Cause once you get that first client at 250 and then you get the second one and then you get the third one and then you've taken them through the process and your process gets better. You learn mm -hmm. more about it. Then it's like a no brainer to start raising it, you know, a little bit at a time and to get to where you need to be and where you feel comfortable and happy. So thank you for that, that lovely church that you just took yeah. me to because I felt, I got chills all over my body because <laughs> I've been there and I know, like, I know it's so hard. Sometimes we want to just, you know, give away everything because we want to help people, right? Like ultimately mm -hmm. that's what we're here to do, but it's easy to start to get either burnt out or to start feeling resentful when you feel like you're putting in all of this work and not being fairly compensated for that. Yeah. And I like to think of it too, as like, it's, you're doing a disservice by not letting the other person invest in you because I love the saying, and I don't know where it originated, but when people pay, they pay attention. So like, I think about it, you know, when you go to places and you get like free swag, I mean, sometimes there's like the little things that you're like, oh my gosh, this is great. And you love it and you use it. But a lot of times it's like, you don't value it because you just got it for free. And so it collects dust and then you purge, you know, you declutter your house and you like get rid of it and you don't, you don't care. But like, if you are investing in something like every investment I've ever made in my business, has always been a little bit like, okay, like, what are you doing? This is insane. Not to the point where it was going to like, you know, drive my family yeah. into danger zone, but like, it was always a little outside of my comfort zone. But because I invested at that level that felt a little bit scary, I would show up like I would be at every coaching call every, you know, everything. And so I would actually get the results because I was showing up. 
But like, I can't even think of how many things over the years I've bought for $10, $20, $30. That's like a digital download that I literally might not even do anything with it. Like yeah. at all. I might not even like open it or I open it and I look at it for a hot second. And then it just like goes into the digital junkyard because my body and my brain are registering it as not valuable. So it's super easy to overlook. Exactly. Yes. I totally agree with that. I have like a a bookmarks bar with like a folder full of all those like downloads and even some of those paid downloads where I paid like seven or $27 for, and it's like, I'll get to it hopefully maybe one day eventually, but probably not if we're being honest. Right. And, and then sometimes I spend time on those and I'm like, Oh, I already knew all this. And so now I'm just like wasted all of this time. So I like, I want to make an investment, like, because Mm -hmm. I want to show up at that level that I invested in. And even when like, there was a point in my business where it literally felt like it was on fire and I was still inside the building but I still was paying my business coach because I knew that if I stopped paying him then my business was going to go away because he was like the one thing that was keeping me like accountable for all the things I needed to do to get my business back on track. And without Mm -hmm. that level of accountability and that level of coaching, like there just, there wasn't going to be a business. So even though I couldn't pay myself, I'd had to let all my employees go at this point, my car had been repossessed. Like all of these things were happening around me. I was like, I got to come up with the money to pay my coach because he's got to help me get back to the point where I have a business again and because I'd already invested, you know, so much in that process and had seen just a little bit of results from it. Like I was just super confident that he was going to get me where I needed to be. So it was like, I'm going to keep showing up because I'm not going to let all this money that I've already invested just be for nothing either. Right. So yeah, that's, that's finding, I, I think that's just hard for a lot of people to even to just make that first big investment because you're so nervous about, what happens if this doesn't work? And I think that that's because we're, you know, we're really accustomed to kind of those small investments, but they don't always end up being as transformational. And so we're afraid that that, you know, taking that big leap, it's like, well, what if this is like that? But then finding that understanding of you're making it at this higher level, because you're getting that higher level of experience. Nobody's going to teach you how to grow a a six figure business from a $7 download, you know, like that's just not possible. So where can we find that sweet spot of getting people to that hell yes of investment and then getting that transformation for them? So it feels like that is an investment that they have, they have made. That was a sound decision. Yeah. And that it's such a good point. And some friends and I have talked about this of like, what happens I find too often is that people will cobble together these bits and pieces of different people's frameworks. Mm -hmm. And then it's just this like monstrosity. Like it's just like when you are, especially like when you're starting and everything, it's so, it can be so hard to be like, okay, wait, do I need to be on Instagram? Do I need to grow my email list? Do I need to do this? And so you're like buying this person's Instagram course and this person's email course and this person's, you know, I don't even know, like website yeah. template or something, you know, like yeah. you're kind of, you're kind of all over the place and you don't have those real like foundational principles because like the reality is like, you might not even need to be on Instagram. Like you might not need to like, you know, if you're, I don't know, like 
buying somebody's like how to go live, you know, tiny offer or something, you literally might not be the person who can ever feel comfortable going live, like constantly in your business. And so, I mean, does that offer work for other people? Of course, like, but it might not be right for you. And so I think it's, it's really hard. Like, yeah, when you, when you can kind of get some like focus and be like, okay, I'm going to get comprehensive support. So I'm not spinning my wheels. Like, I mean, that's really, even though for all of my business experience, I had never done a purely online business and selling a service, like selling just myself. So the moment that I pivoted and was starting this business, I immediately hired a coach. I had no money to invest like from a business because I had no clients, I had nothing. But I was like, I want to hire somebody who is selling essentially what I'm going to be selling and who has experience running in purely online business because I don't want to try to cobble together like random strategies and do a bunch of trial and error and hope it works. Like I just want the shortcut and I'm going to pay for the shortcut because I was all in. I knew I could have a successful business. I just needed a roadmap on like someone to tell me what to do and like what to not worry about. And that was a huge investment or like huge for me at the time. And it felt really scary, but I was like, no, this is like, this person's an expert. So I'm going to hire them. Yeah. And you guys can't see me, but I'm nodding my head like a bobblehead right now because I completely agree. I think that would be a huge piece of advice that I would give to anyone is if you're, even if you're starting a new business or just trying to launch something new, hire a coach that can help you with that. Cause it is such a huge shortcut. And if you value your time, then you'll value the investment of getting that shortcut because everyone is an expert in something and everyone has their own philosophies on how to do things. So if we're just kind of like cobbling pieces together from a bunch of different people, you just end up with something that isn't, it's, it's never going to be whole because everyone is teaching you their way of doing something. So just find one person that you really believe in their brand of expertise and that they can be that person to get you there and then just fully subscribe to them and go in with them on their coaching methods and, and the way that they're going to do things because they're, you know, there's a hundred different ways to arrive at the same result, but you, you can't use all hundred of them to get there. You have to pick one and just go for it. So with that being said, tell us how someone could work with you, where they can find you and where they can get that sweet download. Yeah. So ericatebbins.com. So it's Erica with a K. ericatebbins.com is my website. Erica Tebbins Consulting is where I hang out online. So over on Instagram. So definitely come by and say hi. I love, I love meeting people. I'm an extrovert through and through. And you can get the download at, at least for right now, there's like a banner on my website, but uh, at bit.ly forward slash no sleaze selling. So it's all lowercase and all one word. And you can also, you know, if you can't find it, or you don't remember, just message me, I'll get it to you. And I also have a weekly podcast called Sell It Sister. That is pretty much wherever you can get a podcast, you can find it. And I talk about selling and marketing and doing it all in a really like feel good ethical way. Awesome. Well, I will link all that information in the show notes. So if you guys want to visit the website, get that download or follow, follow Erica on Instagram, you can get all those links from the show notes. And Erica, thank you so much for being my very first interview. I have loved having you on here. Thanks for taking me to sales church. Really appreciate it. And I encourage all of you guys to go out, follow Erica and 
I think you offer a free 20 minute like discovery call, right? To see if you're a good fit. I have. Yeah. Just, I would say just message me. Like I, I definitely have on my website, like a place where you can book a call, but I, I love chatting in the DMS. So message awesome. me. I mean, hopefully you can all tell by now I'm no pressure. I'm not going to sell you into something that's not right. I do also, I do have some courses, uh, a sales language course um, that goes a little bit deeper into my methods and I have a marketing course. So I do have some stuff that is lower cost for like newer people, but yeah, just, just message me and I'll, I'll figure out, I'll ask you good questions and I'll listen to your pain points and I'll give you good suggestions on, on where to go next. Awesome. So you can like get a taste of the process that you'll take them through. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Perfect. Well, thank you again, Erica. And um, I hope that this has been as enjoyable for you as it has been for me. Yeah, thanks. Do you ever wish you could get all of that data that's in your calendar out of your calendar so you could actually do something with it? Yeah, me too. That's why I created Paver. Paver is a Google Calendar add-on that simply put, makes your calendar better and you can install it for free right now from the G Suite Marketplace or at www.getpaver.com. That's G-E-T-P-A-V-R.com. Thanks for listening to There She Grows. For show notes, resources I talked about in this episode, or links to our free downloads, visit www.thereshegrowspodcast.com. Thanks, and I'll see you next week.